0: This is uh, the foundation class,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh,
0: oh, we miss Emmett. We should have been praying for Emmett. You say he's not feeling good? He's got a
2: sinus infection,
1: but I think it's
0: the antibiotic that's killing him. <laughs> hmm. Some of them aren't right for him. Wow. Well, he has diarrhea from the oh, here, so. no. Uh, well one thing i know jim's got to leave he's uh helping in the kitchen and so is amita so we'll miss you guys but uh i thought what i would do first off is to have us i was just going to show you our website um Pam, can you hit the lights for just a minute? I think that might help you see. Let's see here. All right. Can
1: you get that any smaller? It's hard to see. That's what comes up when
2: I do it. I don't look like nothing much on my picture.
0: Um... I see what the deal is. I'm not. <coughs> hey, let me do this. is uh, just There we go. It's a Wi Fi issue. It's a Wi-Fi issue. Mm-hmm. Church Wi Fi,
2: select yes, all. goodness, you can, can, mm-hmm. yeah. do can go
0: Alright. Alright, so there's our church website, and probably you've all seen that maybe. What I thought I would do is just show you two things. Uh, one, under family ministry, and, Angie, I don't know if you can point the camera at the screen, can you? I can, but I don't
3: think they can see it. Okay. Not very well. Well,
0: I can't you just go to... Anyway, this is where it shows the uh, the HBF's fellowships, and, and then it shows our foundation class here. So, yeah, I don't know if you can see that, but you're familiar with that image there, the foundation, ABF. And... Uh, it's got our mission, our, some key verses, and it's got a way to contact me. So I, I thought I would show you that about our church's website. And then the other thing, most of you know uh, that I've got, in addition to the Facebook live streaming we're doing, I've also got a microphone, a little recorder, and so if you go to this little tab, you probably can't see it but it says podcast. Maybe you can now. There's a little podcast at the very top. So don't go to listen. You would think you'd go to listen, but you don't. You go to podcasts. And then down here you'll you'll see the foundation. And so if you click on that, you'll see the very the very first one up there is jeremiah 36 everybody see that yes and so that was two weeks ago uh maybe three weeks ago well it's got the date there december 19th so anyway if you need to so there's you can you can get all of the jeremiah study so that's just audio and uh Jim actually has a link if you want to watch the video of any uh, Facebook live streams you missed. So I think that's all I wanted to show you there. Uh, Pam, I guess you can hit the lights again. I feel like I'm blind up here. I can't see you. You can probably see me. So anyway... I don't know if that's helpful or not, but uh, it's good for you to be able to navigate our church website. I know Pastor Randy and uh, Brianna and even my son uh, does a lot of work to keep, keep it updated. So, uh, all right. So I'm going to do just a little rehearsal of last year's or last time we were together. If you want to turn to Jeremiah 36, you can. But I wanted to... Whoop, I'm stepping on my cord here. I don't know if you need to move that around a little bit, Angie. I'll come back to that overhead just a minute. But I thought I would talk to you just a little bit about how God has preserved our word. Just we seen last week in Jeremiah 36, God told Jeremiah to get a roll and to write uh, the words that God told him onto a a scroll and, and, and put it in a book and so Jeremiah gets a scroll and he gives it to uh, Baruch the scribe and Baruch writes the words that God gave to Jeremiah and uh, Baruch was told to read the words of God to the people and some of the people in the audience took that uh, uh, went and told the princes and the princes went and got uh, Baruch and said hey we need to hear this too and uh, then they took it to the king and the and one of the other scribes Jehudi and Jehudi read it to the king and the king cuts it with a pen knife and they throw it and they burn the words of God in a fire and so uh, that's what happened in Jeremiah 36 so, so think about this for a minute. God reveals Himself to Jeremiah, and uh, that's what we call revelation. <clears throat> and and He gives the words to Baruch. And uh, these words are inspired words. And and Baruch writes them down. And uh, this is not actually a word. It's kind of a word we've made up to describe what happens here. It's called inscripturation where... God reveals himself to Jeremiah and gives him these words to say and, and that's what inspiration means is God breathed. And uh and so Baruch writes them down and then he reads them to the people and then the people tell the princes and they then they get uh their own scribe Involved, and he tells the king, and then they put it in fire, and so, you know, the originals were just destroyed. That that's what happened in Jeremiah. So after that happens, God God tells Jer- uh, Jeremiah, "Hey, go grab another roll." And have Baruch write them down, and and so what I wanted to describe. So he writes them down, and then I think I've got this on your hand out there. Look look at your handout if you've got it. And I gave you a little definition beside each one. God manifest himself to Jeremiah, That that is revelation. Uh, I mean, that, that's kind of contained in the word to reveal. God reveals himself to Jeremiah. They have a relationship, <clears throat> just as we can have a relationship through, through uh, Jesus Christ. And then inspiration happens when God breathed his words to Jeremiah. And then Jeremiah communicated those words to Baruch, and he wrote them down. That, that is in scripturation. And then this next word is transmission. This is the original manuscript. It's copied for others to read. And so this uh, transmission... <clears throat> and so as they copy these down so this next word is what is a lot of times the issue that people have different opinions about the word preservation <clears throat> and what I, what I did here I, I got to say uh, a definition I want to see if I can Pull it up here. See if it'll let me. There we go. So here's a definition from Webster's, and it gave five different. Uh, as you might see but even in and so I wrote this right out of Webster's I typed it, it the, the word preserve as a verb means to keep or save from injury or destruction to defend from evil and it gives you a couple Bible references God did send me before you to preserve life we remember that from Joseph and his brothers uh, and then in Psalm 140 O oh Lord preserve me from the violent man it also means to uphold, to sustain. And there's a uh, word from Psalm 36, O Lord, Thou preservest man and beast. And then uh, number three, to save from decay, to keep in a sound state as to preserve fruit in winter. Salt is used to preserve meat. Number four, to season with vinegar or sugar or other substances for preservation, such as to preserve plums or quinces or other fruit. And then I like this last one it says to keep or defend from corruption, as to preserve youth from, a vice, from vice. And, uh,. So just a simple definition would be to preserve or to guard against corruption. I should have I should have put that on your handout to preserve or keep to defend from corruption. And so we believe that's what God has done with his word. <clears throat> and so sometimes this has been called I'll put it up here in a different color. A faith-based view of Scripture. Kind of run out of room there. And so, uh, you know, j- just believing that uh, God, God's nature would be to preserve it. And, and this verse at the bottom of the uh, screen up here. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Now that verse was not in Webster's, but uh, I put it because it's in the Bible. But uh, notice that God preserved his words in a furnace of earth And when you think of furnace, what do you think of... I mean, our furnace is running right now. What's going on in there? What do you think of when you think of a furnace? Fire. Fire. Well, look right here. That's exactly what happened. God allowed his original to be burned in fire... But he reproduced that original, and he uh, wrote it down, he copied it, and he preserved it. <clears throat> and then these these last two words that we put here is translation. and what what does that mean? What do you think that means, Angie? Uh, to translate. Well,
3: to. On Bible translations?
0: I yeah. Well. It. Put it, what do you, put you
3: think? In words that uh, a person can understand.
0: Okay. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, Leonamita speaks Spanish, and most of us don't, so. If they needed to tell us something important, you might almost need a translator to communicate from one language to another. So that—that that is what happened is uh, the Bible was translated into other languages. And then uh, we put one more word under here, and this is what I left in your blank. The word illumination. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, my definition there is just God's word giving me understanding in my language. So hopefully as a teacher of this class and a preacher of the word of God, that's what we want... Uh, to happen, we, I, I want you to be illuminated. I want you to, for the light to come on, so to speak, for you to gain understanding, and uh, for us all to to know God, to become acquainted with Him, to have a relationship with Him through His Word, and to be able to uh, to tell others. And so, we call this a faith-based view of Scripture. Now, uh, I think starting in April through June, uh, Pastor Randy on Wednesday night is going to teach a, a manuscript evidence class, and it'll cover things like this. And uh, I've so we're in. We are today in Jeremiah 37, and so, you know, about 15 more weeks or 17. I I measured out it looks like in April or May we're going to be done with Jeremiah and so I've asked Jim Stovall to teach a manuscript evidence class in this class for four to six weeks uh, or eight weeks so however long he wants to so that's uh, I just think you know uh, many of you know Alan Shelby and I mean he's probably 70 now I would guess And Pastor Randy's a little older than I am. I'm just thinking, we don't don't have these men forever. And I feel like these things need to be reproduced to another generation. And I don't feel... I've heard things like this six or eight times. This is the first time that I've taught this. And so uh, I have to have... You know, some things you need to hear more than once to be able to communicate it. But this is what I want you to believe as we get into Jeremiah 37 is these things right here happened around 588 BC and we know that uh, you know these things happened you know from 588 Uh, well really we could take this as 1611 that's when the, the word of God was translated so do you and you don't even have to answer this but do you believe that you and I have the exact words that God wants us to have that Jeremiah gave to Baruch what is that twenty six hundred years ago what we're going to read and study today are the exact things that Jeremiah told Baruch that many years ago uh, all the way up here till two thousand twenty two right I mean our, our King James Bible is now over four hundred years old and uh, but it it's God's language for us today so just just before before leaving Jeremiah 36, I thought this was profitable because it's somewhat fresh in our minds, and uh, hopefully it's. Does, does all that make sense right now? Um, and ho- hopefully, and and I know even uh, some of you, in fact. Pam, you may want to uh, this fall take our D two series, and I think they teach manuscript evidence in that class. So that might be. Uh, I think you two have been through D two. I know you have. And uh, but anyway, uh, just just some food for thought. Any any thoughts or questions before we go to Jeremiah thirty seven? All right. Well, uh, let, let's look at Jeremiah thirty seven now. <coughs> Jeremiah 37, let me find it, and uh, hopefully you folks online were able to see and, and have some handles on that yourselves. so Jeremiah 37, and uh, Pam Anderson, would you read the first five verse for us? <laughs> She can uh, do
2: Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, reigned instead of, of Konah. Koniah. Koniah. the son of Jehoiakim, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord which he spake by the prophet Jeremiah. And Zedekiah the king sent
0: yeah, Shelemiah, I don't know. <laughs> and Zephaniah. son of Shelemiah, mm-hmm. and Zephaniah, the son of Manasseh. Messiah.
2: However, Messiah, the priest <laughs> to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now unto the Lord our God for us. For Jeremiah came in and went out among the people, but they had not put him in then the Pharaoh's army was come forth
0: out of Egypt and when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem the of them they departed from Jerusalem that. she did she did alright class uh, I'm not going to tell you this but who was Zedekiah what goes in your blank there What do you think? He's the blank king of his of Judah. Not the first,
2: but I was gonna say first, but some
0: say third. No, he was the third son of Jeremiah uh, Josiah. I only know.
3: Angie got it. Answers
0: last. Yep, yeah, he was the last. Angie got it. Well,
1: where's Angie? I have this picture. It's, it's almost
0: like you know the teacher I know <laughs> <laughs> so he was the last king of Judah and uh, just my little bullet points under Roman numeral 2 letter A uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, he made Mattaniah king and changed his name to Zedekiah and he reigned 11 years so uh, what what we're reading here? <clears throat> I think I think I have this somewhere else in my notes. But turn over one page. Look at Jeremiah thirty nine and uh, thirty nine verse one says, "In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month." So, so what, what what happened in this these five verses that uh, Pam read to us is Nebuchadnezzar was attacking Jerusalem, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to piece this together for us. While they were being attacked, Zedekiah sent some ambassadors down to Egypt, and some way they convinced Egypt to come up and help them fight Babylon. So instead of instead of zedekiah humbling himself and going off into captivity he thought you know we we are jerusalem we we are not going to we are god's people this is god's land we're not going to captivity we're going to fight and we're going to get people to help us fight so what happened was they got the Egyptians to come up well, the Babylonians hear that the Egyptians are coming up to f- help, so they go they leave Jerusalem and go fight the Egyptians. Did you see that in, in chapter thirty seven there it says uh, in verse five. Then Pharaoh's army was come forth of Egypt and when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem heard tidings of them they departed from Jerusalem. So that's that's what happened. And uh, so, this Zedekiah, your next uh, blank there Zedekiah was favorable to Jeremiah, but he feared the princes and people he He was kind of double minded, but he was able to help protect Jeremiah, so he helped protect protect is what goes in your next blank so the first blank was illumination, the next one was the last king, and this third blank is the word protect. <clears throat> Because Jeremiah, we're going to see, he 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 almost died in the prison he was in, and now he is, Zedekiah helps him get to the court of the prison, and he's able to ration some food to him. And uh in verse 1 it mentions the name Coniah and so under letter B there I had Coniah was the king before Zedekiah and he was the son of Jehoiakim and he was also called Jeconias and in the New Testament Jeconias And he was second to the last king of Judah. But he only reigned three months. And it was prophesied uh, he was so wicked that none of his children would rule on the throne. And uh, they did not. And so uh, Zedekiah wouldn't hearken to the words of God. But he did want prayer. So he, he sought Jeremiah and he wanted him to pray. And let's all hold our place here and go to Ezekiel this is really the key and I had never seen this before so look with me at Ezekiel chapter 17 this is very helpful Ezekiel 17, 15 and I will read those 17:15, because this is where it tells that Zedekiah sent ambassadors into Egypt so, uh, j- just to help with the history of this, um, this Jeremiah, this Jeremiah thirty-seven that we're reading, it happens right in here. But it was about five. I think it's f- five ninety-seven is when uh, Ezekiel went into captivity. So Ezekiel is alive in captivity and he's writing these things and he is recording in 1715 but he rebelled against him in other words Zedekiah rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar in sending his ambassadors into Egypt that they might give him horses and much people and then he says shall he prosper it's kind of rhetorical he's not going to prosper shall he escape that doeth such things Or shall he break the covenant and be delivered? And then he says in verse 16, As I live, saith the Lord, surely in the place where the king dwelleth, that made him king, whose oath he despised, and whose covenant he break, even with him in the midst of of Babylon, he shall die. Neither shall Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company make for him in the war, by casting up mounts and building forts, to cut off many persons, and so that that is a commentary on what we're reading in Jeremiah thirty-seven, and uh, that's helpful, isn't it? We we're seeing kind of the backstory. So, um, do do you guys remember in uh, I think it was Jeremiah thirty-four where? Zedekiah said, "Hey, let's let our our slaves go free," and then after they were free, he took them prisoners again. I don't know if you remember that's part of the story, but it's kind of believed that that's what happened during this time. It's like they're in such bondage, and they're they're. Being uh, overrun by the Babylonians, that they decide let us let our prisoners go free, so maybe they can help us fight. And then, whenever the Babylonians leave to go fight the the Egyptians, they take them prisoner again. Oh, we're free now, so let's have s- servants again. So, anyway, uh, some of this really helps with the story, and. Uh, so my teaching point is just from Isaiah. He says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. And uh, we know for you and I that Egypt is a type of the world. And so uh, we we are in the world, but we're not of the world, are we? So uh, we, we, we should not use worldly wisdom when... Uh, Teaching or counseling people, um, trying to help using worldly uh, wisdom. All right. Well this next section, verses six uh, through ten. Uh, Connie, I may just have you read that if we're back in Jeremiah thirty seven. Can you read six through ten for us? Then
1: came the word of the Prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus shall he say to the king of Judah, that sent you unto me to inquire of him, Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come forth to help you, shall return to Egypt and to their own land, and the Chaldeans shall come again and fight against the city take it, and burn it with fire. Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not be part. For though he has smitten the whole army of the Chaldeans that fight against you, and there remains but wounded men among you, among them yet should they rise up, every man in his tent, and burn the city with fire.
0: Okay, so that that is the word. So King Zedekiah is asking, hey. You know, hey uh, Jeremiah, is is there any word from the Lord? And so Jeremiah prays, and this is, this is the answer that Jeremiah gets. It's like you know, Pharaoh's army is not going to help you, and even even if Pharaoh's army was to only leave wounded Babylonians in their tents, those wounded Babylonians could still overcome you. So the message doesn't change. You know, basically, you're going into captivity. And my under letter B, my blank there is just don't deceive yourselves into thinking that the enemy. I, I think I meant to put won't return. Um, and so I think that's good for all of us is, you know, it's easy to deceive ourselves, especially in good times, like, okay... And, uh, that, you know, some of you know I helped start a church in Overland Park, and I think that was a little bit of the opposition we got, is kind of the mindset, and uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Overland Park, Kansas, is the second most educated city in the United States and oddly enough the, the, the first most educated was Plano, Texas I don't know why but Overland Park, Kansas and so another study that one of we act, we actually had a couple doctors that went to our church and one of them said he did a study of giving in the Kansas City area and he said the people that gave the most percentage-wise in Kansas City was the inner city, was some of the poorest parts of the city. Uh, they gave the most percentage-wise. And uh, I think they even presented that nationwide the Christian giving It was around two percent of all the Christians in the United States. They approximately gave about two percent of their income instead of ten percent. But uh, inner city Kansas gave inner city Kansas City gave most percentage-wise, and I I think he said they gave seventeen percent is the number that comes to my mind. I, but anyway. Uh, so the reason I said that is just seemed like some of what we were against is you know when you're in Overland Park, Kansas, they're very affluent people, and sometimes that maybe makes you think that you don't need God, right? And uh, I actually have a, a relative uh, that is very wealthy. I would say they're millionaires, at least ten times over and uh, they've said such things as, you know, I, I'm not going to become a Christian, I, you know, they, they might want my money, and things like that and so so it's easy to deceive yourself, so so Zedekiah and the people of Jerusalem got a little relief from their suffering hey, the Babylonians are they're gone away to fight somebody else you know, hey, whew you know, finally a relief, so maybe they won't come back and so but the word of God said differently. And so rather than being humbled, uh they took their slaves again and they deceived themselves. And so my teaching point here at the bottom of your handout was the Jews stony heart tried to manipulate manipulate their way out of imminent danger rather than humbling themselves and trusting God. And so the reason I the reason I stated it that way is they sent ambassadors to Egypt instead of humbling themselves and just trusting the Lord, they they decided to get people to help them fight the Chaldeans. So, any, any other thoughts there? Those first ten verses, or I don't know if anybody's seen anything online there. Are they, Ange? Not that
2: I've seen.
0: So. Uh, all right. Well, let's go back to the second page, the the other side of your handout, and this is verses eleven through fifteen. And uh, Pam Jackson, would would you read those for
2: us? Yes.
3: And it came to pass that when the army of the Chaldeans was broken up from Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army, then Jeremiah. Went forth out of Jerusalem to go into the land of Benjamin, to separate himself thence in the midst of the people. And when he was in the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the Lord was there, whose name was Ereirah, the son of uh, Shalimiah, the son of Hananiah. And he took Jerusalem, Jeremiah the prophet, saying, thou fallest away to the Chaldeans. And said Jeremiah, it is false, I fall not away to the Chaldeans. But he hearkened not to him. So Ariah, 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 Ariah to Jerusalem and brought him to the princes. Wherefore the princes were wroth with Jeremiah and smote him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe, for they had made that decision.
0: Alright, so so Zedekiah had Zedekiah had gotten Jeremiah out of prison and uh, I don't know exactly the answer to this, but it says Jeremiah separates himself. That's A T isn't it? so so he separates himself that's what goes in your next blank and he goes to the city of Jerusalem or to uh city of Be- Benjamin and I, I gave you a couple possibilities the reason for separating himself may have been because of persecution and you know that's not necessarily wrong you, you know in the New Testament when when the believers were persecuted at Jerusalem, they fled to places like Antioch, and, and that's where they were first called Christians at Antioch. And So, uh, I don't fault Jeremiah if he left for that reason. Uh, he may have, or maybe to remove himself from their destruction. Since he knows the Chaldeans are going to destroy Jerusalem, maybe he kind of gets out while the getting's good. Uh, so for whatever reason he flees to this city of, of Benjamin and uh, sure enough he's accused uh, this guy finds him that Pam read, and says oh Jeremiah you're going to go be with the Chaldeans so you're going to go be part of their army and and that is absolutely not what he's doing remember uh he, he, he's known as the the weeping prophet. He he is a, a Israelite patriot all the way, and he uh, is just grieved for his people. <clears throat> so he is not fleeing to be part of the Chaldeans, but nevertheless uh, he gets put back in prison. But it's it's not as bad as it was. He was he was in a prison where he was thinking he would die but uh, look at verse 16, uh, when Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins and Jeremiah had remained there many days so so he was there many days, but Zedekiah allowed him to be put into an outer court and not in the actual dungeon because he, he was look at the very end of verse 20. At the end of verse twenty, see it says, "Lest I die there."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He he's actually thinking he if he was left in that dungeon, he would die, and uh, very possibly he he might have. But uh, I wanted to I wanted us to look at our New Testament. Hold your place here and look at Second Corinthians with me. I think this will be edifying to all of us because the bible used that word separated or separated separates himself second corinthians 6 and this is a pretty famous passage uh, Angie would would you read those second uh, corinthians 6 verses 17 and 18.
3: Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty.
0: Yeah, and so many times in the Bible, I mean, that that is what sanctification is, isn't it? It means a set-apart a set people, right? We are to be... Uh, and that even what the word consecration means to be separated and and so in many ways we are to be separate we we are in the world but we're not of the world and so we don't necessarily need to be a, a separatist uh in the sense that we're you know weird uh but there there are some things and i think the place where paul draws the line is is the place of sin so i don't go drinking with my friends so that i can reach my alcoholic friends uh but but i do you know befriend people and we, we can become all things to all men that we might by all means save some but uh we we can still remain separate in fact you know uh hopefully people look at our lives and say, hey, there, there's something different about you. You you don't talk like everybody else. You... We inspire. Yeah.
1: We raise up and we lift up people. Yeah. Walking into their little mess. Yeah. We inspire them to walk out of their little mess.
0: Well, and... Uh, that's
1: what we're doing.
0: I know P- Pam has even brought up just... You know, we've got to be careful not to gossip about people. And uh, I remember a lady... Uh, on our packaging line, you know, this was 20 years ago when I was first a Christian you know, everybody was making fun of somebody and just kind of in front of everybody, she's like, you know, this person's my friend, we shouldn't talk bad about him it's like, whoa, she was right you know and so, whatever that means uh, being separate, whether we don't you know laugh at the dirty jokes or use the foul language or we, we lift people up instead of tearing them down uh, so there does need to be sep- something separated about it. L- look over at Romans chapter 1. I-, I didn't put this on your handout, but I often think, think about this. And uh, Pam Anderson, we're back to you. If, if, would you read Re- uh, Romans 1.1? Paul, a servant of
2: Jesus Christ, to be an apostle. Separated unto
0: the gospel of God. Yeah, so he was separated unto. So it's not just enough to say, I'm not going to smoke or drink or whatever, but we need, you know, we say in recovery that that creates a vacuum when you you take these substances, we need to be certainly need to separate ourselves from those but be separated unto the gospel, you know, start putting good things in your life to replace those bad habits. And so that's what that's what Paul did. He was separated unto the gospel. Now this this last section, we've already hit on it just a little bit, but let's go back to Jeremiah 37 again. Jeremiah 37. And uh, Connie, I'm going to have you read, if you would. If you would just, why don't you just read the last of it, 16 through the end.
1: When Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days, then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out. And the king asked him secretly to his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. For he said, Thou shalt be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said unto king Zedekiah, What have I offended against thee, or against thy servants, or against this people, that ye have put me in prison? Where are now your prophets, which prophesied unto you, saying, The king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land? Therefore, hear now, I pray thee, O, O my lord, the king, let my supplication, I pray thee, be accepted before thee, that thou caused me not to return to the house of Jonathan the scribes. Might I that then That I, the king commanded that they should commit to Jeremiah into the court of the prison, and that they should give him daily a piece of bread out of the baker's street, until all the bread in the city were spent. Thus Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison.
0: Now you're you're heading there, that I put Roman numeral five. Jeremiah rescued by king, but doesn't compromise. I had you put the word compromise in that blank. And I, I don't know if, I I really respect Jeremiah. You know, this was before electricity and running water, so you can imagine what prison looked like then. And so Zedekiah brings Jeremiah out of this dungeon, and you can imagine what he looked like, what he smelled like. He's like, Jeremiah, is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah says the same thing. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar is going to capture this city and take us captive. It would have been so easy for him to say, God loves you. You know, give me a hug. Put her there. Everything's going to be okay. You know, but he didn't. He's like, you know, darn it, King. The Lord has spoke to me, and we are going to be captured, and we are going into captivity. So he doesn't compromise. And uh, uh, Pastor Brian has, I think, a very wise statement and Pam, you you may remember this from Bible Institute, but Brian Hedges says, "Class, do you know the quickest way or the fastest way to grow your church?" And it's in one word. He said, "The answer is all you got to do is compromise." That's his answer. If, if you want to grow a quick, if you want to grow your church, compromise. You know start kind of catering to rich people or you know hey we've got all these programs for your kids and we and not not that having programs for kids is is bad but you know you can grow your church if you without keeping you know the word of god the main thing and so here we've tried to grow our church because we want everyone to know the truth and be saved, but we try to grow the church through discipleship and through truth and uh, we, we would rather uh, we would rather have a, a deep church than you know a big church that's only an inch thick or something you know a shallow shallow believer so anyway, this word compromise is just kind of the word that that, that wasn't in the Bible, but uh, that's what I thought of when I read that I'm like. It would have been pretty easy for him to compromise right there. And he didn't. And then your next verse was... Or next thing, your last blank. Zedekiah gets Jeremiah out of prison secretly. He kind of went to him secretly uh, to hear the word of the Lord. And then uh, I just put that Jeremiah reiterates the prophecy of captivity... Destruction of Jerusalem, and please innocence. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah points out that the absence the absence of the false prophets, and begs not to go back to prison for fear of death. Did you guys see that? Whenever Pam is reading that. In verse 19, it says, Where are now your prophets which prophesied unto you, saying that the king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land? So so anyway, th- this is right near i think it's after chapter 39 is when we see the destruction of jerusalem so just a couple more chapters we're going to see so we're right at the end and the false prophets are not around they're they're nowhere to be found and jeremiah's like you know hey zedekiah where are the false prophets that were saying that you know babylon was not coming well they're not there and then, letter D, uh, Zedekiah honors jeremiah 's petition and transfers him to a court of prison and he would give him a ration of food, so as long as Jerusalem had food, Jeremiah would have food and so this sustained his life and uh, Now, under your teaching point here this this is what i 'll close with. Do you guys remember when Doug Pearson was here like two like a month ago he he said there 's places in the Old Testament where you know, even though captivity was imminent, uh, hope is given, and that was that was Doug uh, Pearson's message. And uh, so, I just took a picture of Doug Pearson's overhead, and that's what I printed for you here today. Your teaching point, Jeremiah's basic message from God. This was from Doug Pearson. His basic message was, submit to Babylon. Uh, Babylon was God's rod of discipline, and you will live. You will learn truth and can even be missionaries for God in Babylon. I I thought that was a neat thought. That you're going to Babylon as captivity, but, but you could be missionaries there. Uh, so submit to Babylon and lose your land, but God will go with you. If you fight against Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you will die. And King Zedekiah and the people were proud with their false prophets, and they fought against Babylon and lost and died horribly. And then he says that the basic message of Jeremiah preached from God and he he gives these uh, chapters and verses and then even the false prophets that opposed Jeremiah with the false message of peace and uh, so that's what Doug Pearson had on his overhead and I gave that uh, to you because I thought it was relevant to what we were talking about here but uh, anyway um, I think... The thing that I learned from Doug there was just about being missionaries there in Babylon because we don't think that way, do we? I mean, I even tell people in jail that, you know, hey, while you're there, you know, use your downtime to retool for when you're out in the free world or share the gospel while you're there. And so those, I I, I say jail time can be like God's time out, like, son or daughter you're, you're going to jail you messed up but I still love you and yeah and uh, he'll use you while you're there that's right um, any any other thoughts or comments this morning
3: I have a unique personal experience okay. that has come to my mind with what you said when I was <clears throat> um, in the middle of my um all my legal issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, my thought and my hope going forward was doing the right thing, staying out of jail, you know, that's where my thinking was. Um, And I knew I would be okay if I went to jail. Uh, It's not where I wanted to go, but I'd be okay. And uh, one day I ran into a gentleman in Walmart and he uh, went to. We had gone to the Mennonite church together. He's in another church, and uh, I have so much um, um, love for him. Uh, you know, he's a real good, solid Christian man. And him and his wife had uh, their kids grew up with my kids, yeah. and uh, he saw me. It was really hard for me to uh, confront people that I knew because of, you know, my faults. And I never knew how they... Because not everyone knew the whole story. Yeah. I just knew what was published in the paper. I You know, they... Um, <clears throat> so, uh, he said, Pam, our whole church is praying for you. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. He said, we're praying for you to... For God to prepare you for your ministry in prison <laughs> and for boldness, and he was naming these things, and I'm like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not at all what I wanted. Right. But.
0: Wow.
3: But it's kind of what you needed and you used. For. It's what I needed, you know, and huh. the reality was, you know, God huh. God was in charge, you huh. know, the, uh, yeah. The, either it should be appointed or allowed hmm. for hmm. me to go to prison or not go to prison. And then hmm. I, it took me a while to, I mean, I thanked him for it. Yeah. Uh, but it took me a while for me to, in my mind, to think, yeah. Okay, um, uh, yeah, I, that's something I need to <laughs> So then I started memorizing scripture hmm. Because I thought, well, I might not even have a Bible, a Bible. If I go, okay, oh. so I need to rethink this whole thing So I tried to uh, remember a few simple songs uh, that I could sing if I were in prison, and uh, the Romans Road. That's huh. I, I memorized the Romans Road. Wow. Those kind of things, because <laughs> I was like, wow. oh, man, I need to get ready because I don't know, hmm. you know, where yeah. how this is gonna lay out because I really didn't." Yeah. So anyway, that was interesting.
0: It was, yeah. And that
2: was a little bit scary.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, all these people—they've already put me there, and, and so they're. But <laughs> then <like, laughs> they put a the job on you too. It's going to be a big responsibility <laughs> while you're there. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm trying to remember. Did did you have to go?
3: No, I no. I do not after th- I uh, not after my initial arrest. Yeah. No.
0: Because I think we had. I mean, we had known you a little bit from the Baptist Temple, but then we were here at this church about a year before all that. Yeah. Wow, well, that's, that's a good good perspective, uh, Pam and you know. And, and, you know
1: good that's a really good friend. That's right. a
2: good
0: right. I, I don't want this to sound wrong either, but I've heard. You know, we think how wrong slavery was and it was but I've heard people communicate to me and I wish I could think of more specifics of how some of our missionaries were allowed entrance to Africa to take the gospel and even how some of the slaves you know heard the gospel from getting here so I mean all we think of you know is what Black Lives Matter communicates you know how r- wrong it was and it was but there was good that came through that too and, and so fast forward you know three or four hundred years we think of how terrible it is that all the illegal immigrants are coming into our nation so how does the gospel commun- do, do you know right now uh, Pastor Brian I think there's close to twenty thousand Afghan immig- uh, refugees are here that have been displaced from Afghan. Close to twenty thousand in Kansas City, and they need they're they're mostly put up in motels by the government, and they need people to help them drive. Like some of our church help drive cars, and so anyway, when we really tap into what God is doing. You know if we're near the end, I mean we're fighting against some things that God is allowing and 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 I do think it's wrong to you know be here illegally or but there's good can come from those things. I mean that wasn't God's direct will for you to do, but it changed you forever. And good came from what, and, and from us going broke farming. That was the worst thing that we thought could happen to us. One year into our marriage and going broke farming and we got this little boy. And, you know, when we moved to the city, we there was a week or two we couldn't afford diapers for him, you know. and
1: More than a week or two.
0: And so uh, going through some of those hard times, you know, it does, uh, good, good can come out of it. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but it helps us to think biblically, right? That's what we need to do. Not, uh, your perspective uh, yeah.
1: Gets focused more on the Lord instead of your problems. Yeah. that can be overwhelming, and you just can dwell on that. But when you look at the Lord in the midst of a whole, all that mess, yeah, your perspective gets a little. Yeah. Clearer?
3: Yep.
0: Simpler? Yep. I don't
1: know.
3: I mean, it's just, it's just it changes. Well, it's you Someone know. Someone I respected had to look me in the face and say, uh, you know, because I just felt like God wasn't going to, God was going to leave me out to take mm. care of my kids and mm. be home and to, mm. you know, God would, you know, God wouldn't allow that. And it took a man that I trusted uh, to say to my face, "Hey, you know, your way, our ways are not God's ways." Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, even even COVID, Brian said something to me. it, It just, you know, Brian's like as bad as the COVID is and some of us may get it some of us may die to our knowledge no one from our church has died of COVID but he said this is what he said that resonates he says, the mission is still the mission and somehow I I get that it's like okay I'm going to keep studying the word I'm going to keep teaching the word I'm going to keep going to work I'm going to do what I can do and uh, leave the results up to the Lord. So let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for joining us online. Uh, Angie, go ahead and push finished or done there. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Lord, we bow our heads and uh, humble submission. We thank you for the 20-year anniversary of this church. Lord, I pray that uh, today's service will be uh, well attended. I pray there'll be a sweet spirit of of love and of dedication to you. We thank you uh, just for the lives changed and the eternal destinations of the salvations that this church has experienced through the teaching and preaching of your word. I pray uh, for Pastor Brian to have the energy to keep pressing toward the mark of your high calling. I pray for this class. I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, use us in a mighty way to support the the ministries of this church. And, uh, Lord, I pray you use the foundation for your honor and glory. I pray you'll bless 2022 as as a good year, perhaps the year that you'll come again. And so, Lord, as we uh, talk about and think about jeremiah and just how relevant uh, he was help us not to compromise as he did not compromise help him to uh speak the words that you've communicated to him help us to communicate that to others as well and uh so lord uh, bless our main service today dismiss us now with your blessing in jesus name amen amen well i'll uh, sign off here
1: I wish I was close enough. And,